Hi guys, welcome back to We Should Talk, a pop culture interview series from In The Know. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and this is our final episode of 2020. Thank God. It has been a whirlwind of a year, and so, you know, around the holidays, I wanted to take a week off from the podcast, which is why we didn't have one last week on Christmas Eve. This episode will come out on New Year's Eve, so chances are you're listening to it a day late or a week late, and it's already 2021. Hello from the other side. Um, I hope it's better over there. But over the past couple weeks, I've just been trying to enjoy family time, and we've had family dinners almost every night, and just trying to slow down again. Holidays are obviously a really busy time of year, and it's been kind of chaotic out of my household, just trying to get everything ready for the holidays. But, you know, we did have some time to watch a lot of TV, some movies. Um, We loved The Flight Attendant and House of Ho on HBO Max. We loved Sylvie's Love, a movie on Amazon. We're loving Bridgerton on Netflix. We're sort of halfway through that, the new Shonda Rhimes series, which is amazing. But yeah, I've just been trying to slow down and I've also tried to make more time for reading. My goal this year was to read 15 books, um, which was more than my 10 that I read last year. And not to brag, but I just finished my 20th book. Um, It's called Memorial by Brian Washington. Highly recommend. Yeah, I mean, reading has really been that escape that I needed this year, and that's kind of cliche, I know, but forcing myself to not look at a screen before I go to bed, force myself to read a couple chapters of a book on a Saturday instead of watching another episode of a show has really been helpful for me this year, really immersing myself into a book, a physical book. I'm somebody who likes the physical book and not reading on a Kindle or anything like that. And it really has helped me this year. It's been a really great respite and a way of escaping everything that's going on this year. Some other favorites that I've read were Open Book, which is Jessica Simpson's memoir. Also, Andre Leon Talley's memoir, The Chiffon Trenches. Both of those have some great tea about the entertainment industry and the fashion industry. I've also loved The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, which is going to be a series, I believe. I love Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. That is like, that's probably also my favorite book. I enjoyed reading that one the most. And I also loved Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld. I read a lot of great books this year and I'll post them on my Instagram, but reading has definitely been something that I've been trying to make more time for in my life. And the pandemic and not having as many social engagements this year has definitely helped out with that. And I look forward to continuing that into 2021, even after the pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed, ends. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are ending the year with a really positive interview. Nazanin Mandy is kind of one of those amazing multi-hyphenate entertainers, performers. She is a model, a singer, an actress. She has done a ton of different things throughout her career. At 15 years old, she auditioned for the first ever season of American Idol. She actually lied about her age to get into the audition. The, the youngest you could be at that time was 16. And she made it all the way to the top 30. And then she got axed because they found out what her real age was. And as somebody who has been an avid fan of the original run of American Idol since it began, I had to ask her all about that. And she had some really interesting things to say about that. And just sort of how that sort of both gave her the confidence that she was good enough, but also kind of was a huge letdown for her at a young age. And since then, she has really kind of done different things. Her and her husband, Miguel, the singer, did one season of a reality show, and we kind of looked back on that and what that experience was like and why it wasn't for her. She's also struggled a lot with body dysmorphia and depression, and she has really opened up about that on her huge platform. And um, this year, she became a certified life coach. And so I talked to her about those struggles leading into this new kind of career path for herself and what she learned from that, what she tells other people when they come to her with their own issues and struggles. And she had a lot of really amazing things to say. But, you know, proving that 2020 wasn't all bad, Nazanin Mandy also had a huge career highlight this year. She was in Rihanna's Savage X Fenty fashion show, which has really supplanted the Victoria's Secret fashion show as the 
quintessential celeb studded lingerie fashion show moment of the year. That's kind of niche, but it, it really is this huge event. And during this year's show in the fall, Nazanin and Miguel had this amazing moment together where Miguel was singing and Nazanin was the only model on stage. She was wearing this epic green lingerie outfit and she they just had this really electric, sexy moment together and it really was a highlight of the show. And, you know, Rihanna handpicks everything that has to do with her fashion shows. And, you know, I talked to Nazanin about just the idea that Rihanna handpicked her to be part of this moment for her and um, just sort of the the gratification that comes from that and and sort of just sort of what that whole experience is like and where she's going to go from here. Because um, this definitely was a career peak for her, but she only wants to go up. And um, I think that she can get there. So keep listening for my interview with Nazanin Mandy. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you in 2021. All right, so we are here with Nazanin Mandy. Thanks for being here today. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm great. Can't complain, honestly. Right. I know. It's like we're just taking it kind of day by day, I feel like, this year. Absolutely. And just grateful for our health, family, and happiness. Like, that's all you can do at this point. And like you said, take it day by day. How has 2020 treated you? I'm sure there have been ups and downs, and it's just it's been a doozy for everyone. What's, it, what's this experience been like for you? It's definitely been like you said, many ups and downs. It's been unpredictable. It's really taught me to slow down. And it's taught me also to just ride the waves. This is life. Mm. At this point, I truly believe anything can happen. Anything in life can happen at this point. Totally. So it's important to go with it and, and make the adjustments accordingly. Definitely. Yeah, I think we've all taken our different lessons from this year, and that's a great one to, to, to keep in mind. So, so you are, I consider you sort of to be like one of the ultimate like multi-hyphenates, right? Because you act, you sing, you model, you do a ton of other, you're a certified life coach, you do a ton of other things. Do you have a number one passion or do you find that sort of like having these different hats that you can wear kind of, you can get different things out in each different arena? It's a little of both. I do have a number one passion, which is acting. That's mm-hmm. what lights me up. I, you know, that's my passion. I deeply feel that deep inside. Mm-hmm. But everything else that I do adds to it. You know, it's like the life coaching and I love music and it, it's just everything all together. It, it it's, makes me so happy. So it's, it's hard to choose just one, but my ultimate passion is acting. And is, and has that always been the case for you? Is that it's always been sort of just like this like cathartic outlet for you? Yes. And I knew it was because I was so afraid of it. Mm. I was so afraid of going full throttle with acting. And I'm like, this is my passion. I need to do this. I need to do this for myself. I need to do this for my well-being. Like, this is what I want to do. So yeah, I, I, I knew it. So I mean, so I, before we get too far into it, I'd love for you to just kind of like, just give me a quick kind of what, what was your journey like through show business? Because you've been doing this for like a decade and a half now, if, if not, yeah. like, what just sort of what have been sort of like the biggest highs and lows for you as you sort of like navigated your own career? You know, as a teenager, I was really on a good one and a steady path. I was on That's So Raven. I was on American Idol. I was modeling. Like, I was really, really getting there. And then my parents decided to get a divorce. And I feel Mm. like that was a very instrumental part of me slowing down. Obviously, I became very depressed. My parents were married for over 23 years. Wow. It was a lot. It was very Yeah, that's a big change. Mm Mm-hmm. 
or huge lifestyle change. Um, and then when that happened, I moved out, I was 18. So I just, I was like, you know what, like time for me to grow up. And that's what happened. And I got a job. I was working, managing in retail, like still going to castings, but my full focus was not there. I was really depressed. Mm. I wasn't sure which direction. So my twenties were very hot and cold for me. It was very like, am I doing this? Am I not? And then I'm with my life partner who's t completely taken off. So now it's like getting used to a certain lifestyle, which neither of us come from. Mm. So it was a lot of adjustments and life changes going on. And then I was like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm not going to let my fears determine my path anymore. And that's when I started getting completely into acting. Wow. Good for you. And so you really, and it really was, it, it sounds like it really was sort of like a mental switch for you. It was sort of it, like, no, like I have to take charge of this myself and it's absolutely. not going to happen to me. I need to make it happen. Yeah. It's, I think it's always a mental switch, you know, mm. how we think determines everything. You know, we, we can succeed as, as, as much as we want to, but that mentality needs to be there. The want, the drive, the, the positivity and the realism. I think it's really important to be realistic. Totally. This industry is, it's not fun all the time. It's ebb and flow and people are mean and you're going to hear no most of the time. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there, there's one year that we, as, as I was sort of doing research for this interview, there's one year of your life that's that, from your early life that sort of seems like it sticks out, which is when you were 15, because you had yeah. you, 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 you had a couple of really big kind of breakthroughs, which was you, you sung at Carnegie Hall, and I then did. you also were on American Idol, which ended, I guess I'd love to hear, just, just as somebody who watched American Idol back yeah. in the day, that ended in a very different way than everyone's experience on American Idol ends. Talk to me about that year because that must have been kind of a topsy-turvy one for you as well. It was, absolutely. So um, I started off the year great. I was a huge choir and drama nerd growing uh -huh. up. That was my life. And we would go and compete all over the U.S. And so we ended up at Carnegie Hall and, you know, it was a big deal. and We performed. And then after that, I went out and auditioned for a little show called American Idol. And which season was this? Do you remember? Oh, it was one. the first so, season. Wow. Well, nobody knew what this show was going to be. And I remember the day my mom saw the casting notice on Fox 11 News and she wrote the number down. Like there's no website. There's, you know, no, there's oh my God. 2001. 2002 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Yeah. And so she wrote it down and she's, she called the number and it was like, gave her the address and was at the Bonaventure in downtown LA was the very first ever casting of American Idol. And LA was the first city, which was my city. And I went and I just kept making all the rounds. And we, again, nobody knew what this was. Nobody. We knew that there were thousands of people outside going after the same thing. And so I kept making it and making it and making it. And then I met, made it to Hollywood. And, you know, they did all that. And my mom told me, because you had to be 16 and I was 15. Like, look, they're going to do background checks. You're totally. probably going to get kicked off. So I need you to mentally prepare for this. And we don't know how they're going to do it. They might do it on camera. They might mm -hmm. not. So I get to top 35 out of all those people. Mm -hmm. And it was during that round, they decided to do background checks. 
and they all pulled me to the side. It was like Paula, Randy, and Simon. And actually, wow. this was, it was off camera. They didn't do this on camera, which I was actually really surprised. Yeah. And um, they told me that I'm disqualified because I lied about my age and they have to let me go. And they're like, so the next round, you know, you're not going to make it. Just let you know. I was devastated. Yeah. Just I mean, that knowing, even knowing, I was still devastated. Yeah. You're sort of like on this, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But, that, but at the same time, it must have been validating for you in some respects, which was like, I can do this. Like I can, I can, I'm being accepted by certain huge players in the industry already. Absolutely. It was, it was such a learning lesson for me and being so young, mm. learning how to be on camera and, you know, to turn on on stage. It was, it was like a boot camp, honestly. And I'm, I wouldn't change a thing at all ever. Yeah. But two weeks after that, like it took a good two, it was like a heartbreak, you know? I'm sure, like, yeah. yeah. You're a teenager, you think it's the end of the world. So it took a good two weeks and then I was fine and, and mm -hmm. I just kept doing so. Yeah, yeah. And in some ways, you know, you were, you were part of this sort of like really special cultural moment, which was American yeah. Idol season one. So that's kind of cool too. It's really crazy. And, and even being, you know, filming that, I kind of always knew like Kelly was going to be the one. Like she was uh -huh. just so magnetic and that voice was raw and beautiful and amazing it was i don't know it was amazing to be a part of it totally well flash forward to this fall which is nearly 20 years later which is kind of wild and i mean it's, it's 18 years later and you're appearing in what i think is now is the biggest fashion show every year which is the savage x fenty show which has really supplanted the Victoria's Secret fashion show as like the like moment where pop culture and fashion meet. And you are, you have this huge moment with your, with your life partner. When you were in that moment or when you were kind of having the experience of getting ready for this moment, did huh. you like have any moment of recollection or did you not even have time for that? Preparing for it, yes. And I really prepared for it. Mm -hmm. There's no Photoshop on camera. Right. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. is what it is. And also the beauty of Savage X Fenty is they're, they're not looking for perfection. Right. You know, come and feel your best self, of course. Like they want that energy and, and they want the confidence, but it's, it's not about perfection. Mm -hmm. So that actually made things a lot easier for me. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It frees you up, yeah. It does, it very much frees you up. And it makes you even more confident because you're like, I'm accepted any way I am and that's amazing. But being there and doing it in the moment, it happens so fast. Yeah. We ran through it three times and it was done. And wow. I was just like, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just like that then there was the moment and then but i but i, I before this interview i, I rewatch both your performance or, or your appearance and also like the moment that you found out which was i mean it brings it it's hard not to get like teary watching that video because it really is like you, you see how much it means to you for this to happen because you you know that it's a huge moment it was yeah and so many reasons i for one never thought i would be walking in a lingerie show you know, mm. growing growing up, we saw the examples of a lingerie show and the body types that it required. And I was like, that's never me. I'm 5'3 and I don't have that body. So that's never going to happen. Mm. So booking this was like, it was shocking, honestly. And I'm so great. I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. And, and it's, it also, it's like, okay, Rihanna picks every single aspect of the, yeah. of the show. It's like, she is yeah. in it. And that is, that is what I have kind of read for the past five years. It's like she is so committed mm -hmm. to her own brand. She's, she wants it to be perfection in, in her own way. 
I mean, did you have any sort of correspondence with Brianna? Like, what did she say to you about either why she chose you or, or just sort of like why, I mean, did, what was sort of like your interaction with her? I didn't have any personal inner, like r- any kind of communication. Uh-huh. Um, it was all her team. Yeah. And to know that she was so hands-on and she in, she picked each and every model yes. and every segment. And, you know, my segment falls right after hers. And it was just all of it intertwined and together. It's just incredible. It's so incredible. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she clear and also you clearly checked off a box for her because you are still a, a, you're an ambassador for the brand. Like like you you, yeah. you made an impact and that must also just feel like, okay, you rose to the occasion. You really did. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I I wanted to show up there and give it my all and I feel like I did and I'm, I wouldn't change a thing. And what do you make? I mean, just as somebody who's been a part of the industry for so long, I mean, I mentioned sort of like how this is sort of like the new Victoria's Secret moment. And I'm curious what you think, because to me, like that is so indicative of so many things. I'm just like the changing beauty standards and what's accepted and what's not. And talk to me about just sort of where, where, where you stand on that, because it must be a pretty welcome change. It's for me, I'm going to start off saying it's about time. It's, it's about time that inclusion is in the forefront. It's about time that different ethnicities, races, body types, you know, women of, of all walks of life and men are included and are in, again, the forefront. Growing up, I didn't really see anyone that looked like me. Hmm. I didn't. And, and it, it makes you feel like it can't happen. If you don't see somebody out there that looks like you and is doing it, it, it makes you feel like, damn, maybe it's not possible. Right. You know? So with all this inclusion, with all these different walks of life now being included, I hope it makes other men and women feel like they can do it too. Totally. And I think so- it does. It's hard not to see sort of like the, the tr- trickle effect from this, this huge moment in culture every year and how that affects, I mean, just the stuff we see on social media every, every day is like people, people are getting that message and it's really awesome to see. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Like it makes me so excited because I feel like yes. it's just the beginning. I feel like totally. this is going to expand beyond what we can even imagine, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Last thing about the, about the show, but it, it also is really special that you got to share this moment with your husband, right? I mean, it's like, like you guys have your separate careers and you've done a couple things together here and there, but this is like a big moment for you two as a couple as well. Mm-hmm. What was it like sharing that moment together? Because I mean, also you have it on tape forever now, right? Exactly, I mean, it's cool. Exactly. We can show the kids one day. Yeah. Like, it was such a natural moment, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. It just felt right. It felt natural. It felt like we were preparing for this the entire time. Mm. Like, I don't know, the chemistry, just everything. It just felt so right. It was electric. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. We, you know, we did rehearsals once, which was the night before the show. And then we came home and we we set up outside in our backyard and we like rehearsed on our own. And it was just so so fun. fun. It was just something different to do together it was just really fun mm-hmm. yeah and an- another thing you guys had done together which I'm, I- I'm again like sort of in hindsight i'm curious what your thoughts on that this experience was was the platinum life which was a reality show that it lasted for one season and there was yes. other people on the show with you but what, what 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 like looking back at that experience of reality tv like either worked or didn't work for you well <laughs> long me answer do- <laughs> no me doing that show was a very personal journey that was actually the first thing that I did in a very long time 
that put myself out there and and what I was doing at the time. And it was yeah. really scary, to be honest. And when I, uh, you know, approached Miguel about it, he was like, absolutely not. Like, this is no, like, we don't do this. This is not, we don't feel comfortable. And the network actually worked with us really well. We didn't film in our house. We didn't film anything personal. Like it was, they yeah, worked with us. That's nice. Was, yes. The, you had those was, boundaries, right? Yes. Producers, E, they were great. Would I do it again? Absolutely not. That is like not something for me. Mm -hmm. But I grew so much personally from it. I, yeah. It made me focus on what I wanted and didn't want. It made me more on my P's and Q's, made me more comfortable in front of the camera. I took away some really, really amazing friendships from that. Good. Like I still talk to actually most of the girls to this day. You know, it's a lot of benefits came from it, mm -hmm. but I would do it again. So. And what's the key reason why you would never do it again? Is that just, it's just like sort of not, that's, that's not kind of like the direction you want to go in with your career? Uh, like reality, and I have nothing against it. Like I'm a reality junkie. I love to watch yeah. it. Like love it. But it's, I'm not open like that. You know, like I, let's be honest, I couldn't have carried that show by myself because I'm not going to give you everything you want. Right. I'm not going to be open like that. So that's just my personality and just me being honest. Like, I just don't want to give that part of my life so much of that away. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, it's clearly not for everyone. It's clearly like such a, it's clearly a very unique experience being on reality TV. But in some ways, you must be appreciative of just the fact that, like, you got to experience that and, like, yes. check it off the list. Not for me, but let's move on. Absolutely. And I, you know, we did really fun things together that they actually didn't even air. And, like, uh -huh. damn, like, that was so fun. But, mm -hmm. We still, we have those experiences, which really matter. And one thing I think that's also really cool is like you, you have been followed by Vogue on two separate really big occasions, but the Grammys one year, but, and then yes. one day, which is sort of like preparing for your wedding. Vogue is another one of those things that must also feel like, like, you like, know, 15 years ago, like, would you have thought that Vogue would be following you ahead of your wedding? You know what I mean? No, it, it, that whole, like, they followed us during the prep and all of that, like, it was so surreal mm -hmm. and I wish I could have really taken in the moments more, but being, you know, planning a wedding, that's another thing <laughs> I never want to do again. Like it was so much, like a wedding for 300 people is like, Gosh, yeah. it's a lot, but having them follow it, having, you know, the photographers and being there that day, it, I mean, it's a dream. Yeah. And again, it's sort of like this home video that you have that's like yeah. really cool and it's just it's out there for everyone to see. But another huge aspect of your platform, and it, and it hasn't always been, a you, you've since you've, you've opened up about depression that you have gone through, about body dysmorphia that you have, that you have struggled with. And you've been really open about these experiences. And I feel like a lot of people have responded incredibly positively to that. And, and just like your openness. Was there a mo was there like a catalyst or a moment for you where you wanted to start sharing these experiences? Or, or, or have you always sort of, has it always been natural for you to want to share experiences like this? That aspect of my life, it became more natural when I was ready to fix it. And mm. when I was ready to, to change. And I wanted to share these experiences because I know I'm not the only one that experiences this. And if I can help anybody in their process, whatever that is, I would be more than happy to do so. So if that requires me to open up and be like, hey, like 
I went through this. Sometimes I still go through this and it's really shitty and it's a part of my life. But if you do these things, like maybe it'll help you. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do so. Since opening up, I'm guessing that people have shared their stories with you. I mean, it's probably endless, honestly, but what, what has yeah. that been like for you to kind of hear probably pretty consistent feedback of like, oh, like me too. Yeah. I mean, in, in certain aspects, it's comforting because you don't feel alone. Yeah. And then in other aspects, you're like, oh my God, like I feel your pain and I wish that I could take that from you. I feel the empathy and I'm just like, yeah. oh God, I remember being there. I remember feeling that way. And if you only saw yourself through my eyes, you wouldn't feel that way. So it's it's kind of like both. For sure. Know? Yeah. And is that what kind of and I, I don't I don't know when you became a certified life coach, but is that is that is does that tie into you being a life coach? Is that what sort of like wanted you to get into that path as well? Absolutely. When did that happen? I became certified January of this year. Oh awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So the whole plan was to start the seminars in May, which is mental health awareness month, but mm -hmm. you know, COVID. COVID, yeah. So we couldn't do any of that. But yes, that did aid in me wanting to become a certified life coach. I also knew that in order to be taken seriously, I needed to get the education. I wasn't just going to preach something and not fully understand it myself. Mm. I, I don't like that at all. So I went, got certified, and I'm hoping to release my platform sometime next year. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's such an important thing that you just said, I think, is that like, I think a lot of time, you know, public figures, they, they'll just sort of, you know, attach their name to something or do something and, and not really, it's important, especially when it's a serious issue, like mental health. It's yeah. like, okay, um, maybe you should, you know, study up and, and learn about it. Um, and I think, I think we sometimes see that happen and sometimes don't. And I think it's really amazing that you did that because again, it, it also just shows that you're, that you're really walking the walk and you, and you mean it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's like always been my motto in life is like talk the talk. If you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, right? Yeah. You know, that's why like I'm always in my acting classes. Like I'm always trying to perfect my craft, even modeling. I'm still studying in the mirror and you know, it's just, and I've been doing that most of my life. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's really important that we always put our best foot forward and we keep educating ourselves, you know, and because things change constantly. Yeah. You know, it's like makeup artists. There's new techniques all the time. You know, it's they're not doing the same looks from the 80s. You know, it's no, like, no, you, you have to adapt to to you have to adapt to the new findings and new trends and new dialogue that's happening out there. Because otherwise you're going to be left behind. You know, it's like. It, yeah. And so it's about, it's great that you're like kind of just being, being on, being on your feet and ready for whatever comes next, which is, you know, yeah. more than other people can say, I think. And obviously, again, we talked about this, but 2020 has been a really crazy year. And as somebody who is now a certified life coach, I'm curious sort of what, I'm sure again, people have reached out to you. What have you said to people who are looking for some sort of like way to, to look on the bright side this year or, or to, to, to really kind of like hold their head up high when, not everything's going well for them this year. I think it's really important, and I, I try and, and push this, try and focus on the things that really matter. Not everything deserves your energy. It just mm. doesn't. There are things that we worry about that won't matter in a month. It just won't. And I feel like this whole COVID experience, like life is too short. You know, people are losing their lives every day. And it's, you know, why are you getting so emotional over something that doesn't matter? Life is too short. 
you know, mm. focus on what really matters in your life. And do you have, I mean, you said this might be one of your, your motto, but do you have other mantras or things that you really live by regardless of what's going on in, in your life or in the world? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm just all about really working for what you want. You know, mm. if you don't put in the work, you're, you're not going to, you know, receive it. If you don't, yeah. and so if you don't believe in the magic, you'll never receive the magic. I think that's really, really important. Like if you mm. don't believe in what you want, if you're like, yeah, I want to sing, but am I like, right. If you're not your biggest fan, you're not going to have any, like, it's just, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. It's all energy, all of it. Yeah. And being your own advocate and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, totally. but it's also very important to be realistic too. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's, you can't walk around expecting Either. it again expecting yeah. it to happen to you yeah exactly, exactly. yeah exactly. it's all circling back mm -hmm. and, and but before we go i would love just to hear hear an update on your acting career because you i know you've done a couple of really exciting recent projects and i read in an interview you did recently that there's a new show that you were attached to that you can't say anything about yet but give yeah. me give me an update on that on the acting i i want to say it so bad and because <laughs> i've it for so long we were supposed to actually start filming in july and we can't we couldn't so I booked a new show. It's a reoccurring role, which I'm so grateful for. Awesome. I'm up for a few feature films. I'll find out very soon. So fingers crossed. Oh my gosh. Like hopefully I have a really great feeling 2021 is going to be very focused on acting. So I'm, ex I'm excited, Good. really hey, excited. It's the number one passion. And you know, yeah. the, and again, like you just said, it's sort of like, you're the only one that can make it happen. And so it's, it's awesome that you're sort of like putting all this energy into that. So I'm excited yeah. to see what the next year brings for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. This is so fun. It was so fun to get to, to talk to you. Thank you. Be safe. Thank you so much for listening. For more celebrity interviews, subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us as any show of support you can give us would be greatly appreciated. You can follow me at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow In The Know at In The Know on Twitter and at Watch In The Know on Instagram. We'll talk to you next time.